away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jamison Olive here with you as always and welcoming you aboard wherever you're tuned in, however you're tuned in, because you can find Territory Talk wherever you find your podcasts and floridapanthers.com slash territory talk. That's always a good starting point. The 202nd episode all time of territory talk. So we welcome you aboard. I think that's accurate, but Hey, what we're trying to say is we've done a lot of episodes and we thank you very much for being on board with us. We've done a lot of episodes. The Panthers have scored almost that many goals over the course of the last few games. Of course, Coming off a loss against the Calgary Flames at the time of this recording last night, Tuesday night at the Saddle Dome. But before that, the Panthers run a nine-game point streak. They won eight of those games. They scored at least four goals in each of those nine games in that span. They tacked on nine a couple of times as recently as the last Panthers home game against the Columbus Blue Jackets back on Saturday. That was a victory. So the Panthers rolling along at a really good pace right now, to say the least. And getting going on a long road trip, longest road trip of the season so far. It'll be a five-gamer. They will have been on the road for uh, darn near a week and a half by the time they get back to South Florida. So uh, a long trip for the Panthers, playing some good hockey, got tripped up in Calgary, a chance to get things back on the winning side of things when they take on the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow night, Thursday night. Uh, That's at the time of this recording tomorrow night, of course. And the Panthers will be in Vancouver coming up on Friday. Sunday night, the Panthers will be in Seattle. So a busy week ahead. And Tuesday night, they'll be in Winnipeg. Lots of hockey coming up. Lots of hockey on the road. Again, Doug Plagans here alongside Jameson Olive. Jameson, how are you? Another eventful episode. Lots of goal scoring this week. The offense of the Panthers that we knew was going to be a key attribute. Well, it came through in a way that uh, it really never has in the history of the franchise over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks. No, yeah, it's been wild to watch. I mean, the We Want 10 chance at the arena, I never thought you'd see that once, let alone twice. And now I love that at home, whenever we go up one nothing, the chance kind of start then. So I am enjoying that. Uh, I think this is obviously the most exciting team in hockey. Uh, they're putting on a show out there. Um, if you have ESPN Plus, you're out of the region. You know, no matter where you are, tune in, watch the Panthers because they're playing a great brand of hockey. Um, Nine-game point streak coming out of the pause. Clearly, this team was re-energized and reinvigorated, and especially the biggest thing, just pretty much back to full health. That's all you can ask for at this point, which was great to see. Uh, because you know, when the Panthers are almost 100%, uh, this is what they are. They're a juggernaut. They come at you in know, waves. All the lines are going. The deep pairs are going. Bobrovsky's solid back there in net. Um, they're a scary team, and they're they're scaring a lot of teams around the NHL, especially with what they're doing right now. But to me, the crazy thing is, and it, it, maybe you can attest to this as well, is is it just me or do losses hurt more when you're as good as we are? It's so funny to think that like the record is so good right now for the Panthers, and the losses at this point really mean more of a bump in a road. Mason Marchman talked about it, you know, you know, after the loss in Calgary, it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. They can learn thing something from these losses, but. When you're more of like a middling team and you lose, you're kind of like, eh, you know, another one in the bucket. But when you're such a good team like the Panthers and you lose, you really feel like you should never lose a game, which is so unrealistic. And Ryan Lomberg said, you're not going 82-0. It's so unrealistic, but you still feel like you're good enough to win every game. So when you do lose a game, you're like, man, I know know you got to lose sometimes, but 
could win every game. It, are you, it's a weird new feeling I'm adjusting to here. Oh, yeah, and a lot of thoughts off of that, and we'll get to that here in a moment. want to tell you what's coming up on the show, by the way. We will have our featured guest coming up in just a little bit, a guy who covers the game through a fantasy perspective quite a bit, covers the game a number of different places. You find him on Sportsnet. You find him at NHL.com. You find him a lot of different places. Nick Alberga, the Golden Muzzy, he's going to be stopping by, coming up later on in the program. And we will, of course, get to the prediction part of the show. I know a lot of folks like to keep up with the predictions. We'll have that coming up later on. Jameson building on his lead, uh, I believe, this week. A little bit. But, Jameson, to get back to the point you brought up, I think what we're feeling, it's the same thing the players feel. I think you go in and it's a confidence. It's, it's a healthy confidence. You go in expecting to win every game, e- even if you don't have necessarily your A game that night. Uh, if you're playing on the second end of a back-to-back, if things are stacked against an, in in some way, you, you go into each game feeling like you're going to win the hockey game. I think that feeling is in the locker room. I think that feeling is throughout the fan base. I know you and I feel that way as well, and I think that gets back to the point you brought up. You just go in thinking you're going to win every night. And you look at the record, the game in Calgary, the Panthers had a chance to get to 20 games over Hockey 500 with that one. Of course, they were tripped up by the Flames at the Saddle Dome, but to put that in perspective, a chance to, in mid-January, Get to 20 games over Hockey 500. Uh, that's uh, that would be a quite quite a distinction uh, for the Panthers. And well, if they can win a couple of games in a row, they could make that happen. Yeah, no. And you, even looking at the Flames game, um, obviously lopsided score, you know, five one. But uh, looking at the deeper numbers, I mean, the Panthers had more scoring chances. They had more expected goals per naturalstatric.com. And obviously, those numbers don't win you games, but they do tell you when you know. Even though you lost, you still were doing some good things out there. Jacob Markstrom was locked in early, you could tell. Yeah, I think that kind of save on that Aaron Eckblad partial breakaway there kind of took the wind out of the Panthers' sails a little bit because that's when you knew Markstrom was kind of just having one of those nights in between the pipes. But uh, for the Panthers, I think that's what I like so much, and it kind of ties back to what Anton Lindell said you know, a couple weeks ago was um, – you know, where he said, I want my bad games to be good games. And I really do feel like the Panthers are getting to that point as a team where even when they lose, you look at the numbers and you look at a couple sequences and you're like, yeah, I mean, I still liked a lot of stuff that happened. You know, I, I, I didn't like the total package. You know, I, but there, there were percentages there where, you know, I'm like, you know, they really didn't get just, you know, run out of the building. There were some things I liked here, uh, some opportunities I liked here. Maybe if this or this would have gone differently, this would have happened. And I think that's another sign of a good team as a team where even when they do lose, there's things to like. But, Doug, before we move on to, you know, the world ahead and all those upcoming games and all that and our guests and all that good stuff we got to talk about here, let's just briefly look back at that nine-game point streak because fourth, I believe tied for the fourth longest point streak in franchise history, 8-0-1. Best part of the whole thing was it was two games off the longest point streak the Panthers have had this season. And I, Jonathan Huberto's assist streak also came to nine in Calgary. Yeah. That was that was kind of the, okay, you guys need to take a step back. You guys are crushing it too much. We're going to snap all these streaks game. You got to you gotta have occasionally streaks have to end so you can start new ones. That's the way it goes. Exactly, exactly. But looking at the, the, at the nine-game point streak, uh, in that point streak, Panthers outscored the opposition 54-23, to obviously having two 16-goal games, or should I say two games with 16 goals. 16-goal would be something else. There's a chance. You never know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Honestly, rule it out against Columbus. I, I, I would I, against Columbus if, if when they were up, you know, six or seven nothing. If you would have said they're going to get to twelve, I would have been like, okay, maybe. And the thing that's amazing about the Columbus game, if we turn it back to that, there were stretches in that game. Jonas Corposalo, if he was, if he said, you know what, I want to build my goaltending resume, he kept reel. it from sixteen. Jonas Corposalo could have put together a personal highlight reel. Uh, from that game, even though he ended up giving up five in relief 
Jonas Corposalo could have built a highlight reel for himself. You should make a highlight game. reel from all his big saves in that game. And, and then, then people, people watch Look it. at this highlight reel. This was all in one night for Jonas Corposalo. Wow, he must have had a shutout that light. No, he played, a, <laughs> it was a relief appearance and he gave up five. <laughs> But once again, great game. But, I, but I, I, another thing I loved about that is that the Panthers just kept coming. The Panthers didn't take their foot off the gas. And that's another sign of a good team to me is a team that doesn't know when to turn it off. It's only on out there. And I love that. It's so, a trait you have to have. Um, third team in the past 10 seasons to score at nine or more goals twice in a single season. Of course, they did that against Tampa couple weeks ago, which was great to see. Love doing that against the cross-state rivals. Um, second team in the last 25 years to score 16 goals over a two-night span. Some elite company there. Not a lot of people doing that. Um, six different Panthers had at least 10 points in that stretch. 13 different Panthers had at least two goals. Five different Panthers had at least five goals. Duclair was seven. Verhage was six. Bennett was six. Huberdeau with five. Barkov with five. And Jonathan Huberdeau, 20 points on five goals and six assists in that stretch. Led the league since December 29th. He's now up there in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. He's having an incredible season. Obviously a well-deserved all-star nod, but... You know, overall, the fact that the Panthers were putting up that many goals, and not not to be lost in all this, Sergey Bobrovsky was spectacular back there. Save percentage over it's 920. easy to overlook that when you're it's, getting that kind of run support. Exactly, but his save percentage was around, I believe, 925, 926 in that stretch. Uh, his personal record's just going through the roof. I believe it's 19-3-3 and right now, so he's having a great season back there. Um, but... I just love that so many guys were getting involved. There were so many guys were getting involved in the party there. Obviously, the second line, I think, was kind of the star line during this stretch. You know, the, the Huberto, Bennett, Duclair line. But overall, all the lines were getting involved. All the defensemen were getting involved. We saw Gus Forsling finally get his first goal. It was just a celebratory time for this entire franchise. And what a way to kind of, like like I said, kind of not restart your season, but kind of reignite your season after that little mini holiday pause there. So uh, for the Panthers, um, you know, not going to win them all. Point streak's over, but what a point streak it was. And, you know... No reason to believe this team's not going to have a bunch more point streaks just like that. And in the Columbus game, another note on that one, 10 multi-point games. Half of the Panthers' active roster, which includes the two goalies that dress, which only one of them hits the ice, of course. So out of 20 players that dressed for the Panthers in that game against Columbus, 10 of them got on the score sheet twice. And one thing I'll say, another thing that ties back into my my argument about just everyone getting involved, how many points do you think Alexander Barkov had in that nine-goal game against the Blue Jackets? One. He Only did not one. have a multi-point I would say an game. assist, right? Yes. Yes. That's how good the Panthers are playing, that they can score nine goals, and Alexander Barkov only gets one point. That is just so impressive to me. Spreads out the offense. So uh, the Panthers, a dominant performance there against Columbus back on Saturday, a dominant weekend, a dominant nine-game stretch, uh, and they were tripped up a bit by the Calgary Flames. But now a chance to start up a new streak tomorrow night when they visit the Edmonton Oilers, 9 o'clock Eastern, and then 10 o'clock on Friday night, Eastern time. Saturday... A rare Saturday with no game. Then the Sunday game against Seattle, the Panthers will uh, visit the Kraken for the first time. And then Tuesday, the Panthers will be in Winnipeg. Something interesting on that one, Jamison. Uh, the Panthers last year didn't play the Jets. In 1920, the season was shut down before the Panthers went to Winnipeg. In uh, 1819, the Panthers went to Helsinki and played the Jets twice. We did too. The yeah. Panthers have not been to Winnipeg since the 1718 season. I don't think they're lamenting that. So they I are don't think anyone's saying, man, we didn't make it to Winnipeg. Rekindling 
their love for Winnipeg, Manitoba coming up on uh, Tuesday night. As we roll through the the Canadian portion of this road trip, I do find it interesting as well that I feel like it's also with how the Panthers are playing right now and the interviews the guys are doing. It's just a great kind of come visit us postcard for playing for the Panthers right now. Because obviously you had that whole thing the other day with, you know, Leon Dreisettle and the whole pissy argument and that whole thing going on. And that kind of took over hockey media for a little bit yesterday. And on that same day, you had a, a quote from Sam Bennett in an interview he did with a Calgary reporter saying, you know, I go to the rink every day in shorts and flip flops. I can walk to the beach. I just love life down here, man. And it's like you think players, you know, that aren't on either of those teams seeing that or thinking, you know, I maybe want to go play for the Panthers if I had to pick a team here. So th- that's another thing I'll say, and we've already seen that under Bill Zito, is this is becoming such a destination where you can have, obviously, the, the superstars and the Barkovs making all the money and all, you know, all these other guys on really good contracts. But this is a place where guys are, are going to keep doing kind of what Joe Thornton did, I think, where you take a, a minimum contract just to come be a part of this thing for as long as you can. And um, as you know, as the time keeps going and the Panthers keep building this thing up, I think that's another thing that you know helps build this team sustainable success. Is you become that team where players don't care what it takes to get there; they just want to come there and be a part of that. And I think the Panthers are, you know, like I said, it's a postcard right now. You know, come join us, come visit us in sunny South Florida. Yeah, lots of different selling features, as we know, uh, when it comes to contracts down here in the Sunshine State. So, you get to talk uh, to Doug Plagans. Yes, lots of yes, you do, Jameson <laughs> Olive too. Lots of different, uh, lots of different selling features, of course. Uh, one selling feature for you tuning in on Territory Talk is that we have a special guest every week. By the way, Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We had a chance to catch up with Nick Alberga, his first time here on Territory Talk. Let's dive right into that conversation. All right, I want to welcome in here on Territory Talk for the first time, Nick Alberga joining us. You know him as the Golden Muzzy. You hear him a lot of different places. Whether it's Sportsnet, whether it's NHL.com, number of different places covering the game that we all love. Nick, thanks very much for stopping by here today. And the first thing I want to dive into, obviously, we know how good this Florida Panthers team is down here in South Florida. We have been talking about them for a long time. We've seen these core players developing like Barkov and Huberto and Aaron Ekblad, of course. But seems like they're finally getting the credit they deserve across North America. What's been the perception of this Panthers team up north of the border where you are? Well, firstly, boys, thanks so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure coming on a night after the Sam Bennett revenge game. You know, I'm the biggest revenge <laughs> enthusiast out there. That, scores that's, goal. that's how we'll remember that game. Nothing else. The Sam <laughs> exactly. Game. Just, yeah. you know, if you had that goal prop for Sam Bennett, you're feeling good about life uh, on this day. But yeah, my perception has been there for a long period of time. You guys know I'm big into fantasy hockey. It started a long time ago with Alexander Barkov. Dude's unbelievable. I know it was a tough night, but it's one of 82. Every team's going to have their tough night. And I think clearly Florida is going to move on from this. Um, as for perception, like they have to be there, you know, top two, top three in this league right now, if not the best team. Um, I just think you look at this roster, guys, uh, the depth, the speed, the pace, uh, the goaltending has been there. Um, you know, I, I can't spot one flaw with this roster at this point in time. And that's what scares me if I'm the opposition moving forward. Now, I can't wait for the potential guys also of Tampa and uh, Florida getting together uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it would be tremendous. So my perception has been there for a couple of years in the Panthers that they're legit boys. And you talk about Florida Tampa. Obviously, we all loved that in the playoffs last year. We love what we've seen from the series this year. Um, but you're up in you know Canada. Panthers Toronto uh, hasn't happened yet. Leafs Panthers. That's probably going to be a bloodbath. That's two of the top teams in the league right there. What do you expect when those teams do finally meet? Because I think that might be one of like the last kind of long-awaited matchups for the season. 
Yeah, it's funny. I've been sort of sifting through the schedule and waiting and waiting and wondering have these two teams played. And well, you just answered my question. I guess not. Like, it, it's just so hard to quantify, guys, what this Maple Leafs team is because I think they're a generational team in the regular season. It gets <laughs> to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Eh. Not so much. They haven't won a playoff round in, what, 18 years now. So I think on paper, it'll be a good matchup. But on the ice, I wonder. I think Florida's the better team. I think there's more depth. I think they're heavier. I think they're tougher to play against. And maybe you give the slight edge to Toronto in between the pipes. Jack Campbell's having a Vesna-worthy season. That's taking nothing away from Sergei Bobrovsky. He's been really, really good, especially as of late. Uh, but I think it would be an intriguing matchup, especially up the middle, um, and especially that top six, like I just love the pickups, the Reinhardt pickups been huge, the Bennett pickup, uh, they, they pretty much stole Bennett from Calgary. Like he's a perfect example of a guy who needed to change the scenery. He's come there and just has been outstanding and just added to the depth, uh, Anthony declare, like there's so many guys that I think it would be really, really fun to watch Toronto and sort of their big boys against Florida and their big boys. Yeah. You mentioned Sam Bennett. And I said, from the get go, I thought the biggest thing for him was coming to the Panthers and having a defined role right away in Calgary. He never had a defined role. It seemed like that role yeah. was changing all the time. He came to the Panthers. He was the second line center playing with good players and things just took off right away. Nick Alberga here with us. And uh, well, Nick, I want to get a sense to you. You mentioned the Panthers and the Lightning in the playoffs last year. We've talked to a lot of people about that. It didn't go the Panthers' way, but there's no doubt there was some valuable experience taken from that series. And I just did a, a couple of uh, radio hits uh, with uh, with outlets in Alberta earlier in the week. And what I was getting, what I was picking up from there was that, uh, again, what I've been hearing all over the place, if people, if their team wasn't playing, Everybody was looking at the Panthers and the Lightning as the must-see TV in the playoffs last season, and it was a, a series where everybody knew that the winner of that series was going to make a serious run. Of course, Tampa Bay ended up making the most serious run, winning it all. But from your perspective, just how entertaining was that series and just how much love was that series getting, uh, again, north the border, across North America? Because down here, it obviously meant a lot to hockey. Yeah, I was getting tons. It was an absolute bloodbath. Like I, I still argue to this day that the toughest series for Tampa to win was actually their first round series. And they go all the way. They beat Montreal in the Stanley Cup final. We're all going to forget about them beating Montreal to begin with. But that's the track it took. So I think they they deserve to give, you know, the Panthers a lot of credit for for battle testing them along their route. Um, but I thought the series had a bit of everything, uh, the franticness, the high pace. Uh, we had some great goaltending at times, not so much at others. We had some extreme skill, speed, fights, like pretty much. I think when you watch a Rock'em Sock'em or something from back in the mid 90s, we got all of that in a series, which was, a, I think, a massive playback to like 20 years ago, the way hockey was played back then. And I, you know, for at least, you know, the way I look at it, the way playoff hockey should be played where two opponents don't really like each other. And there's nothing wrong with that, guys. Like, I, I love that about this rivalry and it is a rivalry now. I'd love to see them play outdoors, by the way. I think that would be tremendous, but more so the fact that they genuinely do not like each other, which I think is excellent. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And it just adds to the stakes of a series. I'd love to see outdoor roller hockey between yeah. Panthers and Lightning. Let's get really <laughs> South Florida with it. <laughs> that would be tremendous. But I, I've been banging that. Like I, 
I've been banging that drum for a couple of years. Like, I'd love to see that game taken outdoors if possible. Well, you know, down here, we're just trying to get on national TV to begin with. Then we'll start uh, Then we'll start true. working on the outdoor game, which I think as time goes on, obviously, people are starting to take notice. And um, obviously, the team's doing well. But one guy in particular that's starting to turn a lot of heads is Jonathan Huberdo. If you look yeah. at the NHL scoring leaderboard, suddenly Hubie's right up there with guys like McDavid and Drysettle and Ovechkin. Um, you know, he's led this team in scoring the last two years, leading the team right now. Obviously, we know he's a superstar. He's Hubie, longest tenured Panther, been here forever. You know, I think when you look at the guys on this team, you're happy, you know, is enjoying the success right now. Hubie's definitely one of the main guys since he has been through so many ups and downs here. Um, but looking north of the border, is Jonathan Huberdono starting to get that recognition as the superstar that he clearly is? They had better. Like, uh, you know, for me, the way I quantify it, and again, we're sitting here on January 19th, a lot can change, still have the All-Star game and all that coming up. But I think it's Jonathan Huberdo and I think it's Alex Ovechkin. Uh, and I put this out on social the other day when it comes to the Hart Trophy. Huberdo's a guy, like, he just never gets that respect. And I, you know, funny enough, I still think it's there with Alexander Barkov. Like, and it's unfortunate, maybe it's just the way people look at that market here in Canada and it's it's wrong. Um, that they think it's lesser or they don't really watch and they don't know. But I think if you were to watch Huberto every game, you just you, you see his importance to that team when he's out of the lineup and when he's in the lineup, it's it's night and day. Um, so I think people better better start watching Huberto. Like I think he's fully entrenched guys in this conversation for the Hart Trophy and he fully deserves to be there because I think throughout his career, he's always been that guy like, yeah, he's there in the top 10. But now I think he's he should be in that conversation this year and I think has a legitimate shot at this one because he's been so damn good for this team. Nick Alberga here with us. And on that note of Jonathan Huberto, producing points at such a rate this season. I think going into the year, and you analyze the game a lot from a fantasy perspective, so you could probably speak to this, but going into the season, we knew this Panthers team was going to score a lot of goals. Uh, you just wondered, there's only one puck to go around. How's everybody yeah. going to get theirs? Well, right now, the Panthers have seven guys with at least 10 goals, uh, a couple others knocking on the door, and no reason to think the way things have been going they could wind up with seven or eight 20-goal scores on this team, and that's just a, that's an unbelievable number uh, in this day and age with the superstars still having the opportunity to produce their 80, 90, potentially 100-point campaigns. Safe to say from a fantasy perspective, if, uh, if you have a, a spot to fill on your roster right now, uh, grabbing a Panther, doesn't matter where the guy fits in the lineup, but grabbing a Panther for your team might be a, a good boost. Dougie, it's a it's a fantasy gold mine, and uh, not to plug our podcast, but I'm going to NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast wherever you get your pods on YouTube. Myself and Pete Jensen, we talked about this on yesterday Tuesday's episode uh, about the Panthers and how much depth there is, and we were talking about the fact that I think currently there are ten different Panthers players in the top 150 of standard category leagues right now. Like it's insane. I've been all over Anton Lindell. Have you guys as well? Um, you know, I think there's been clearly a lot of conversation about what Tanner Janot was doing in Nashville the last little while, at least in my world. Um, but now, like, Lundell's on 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 quite the role. Uh, I know he was held pointless against Calgary on Tuesday. But I think that just speaks volumes to the depth when you can have your third-line center contributing that way. And then you look up at the top six, and then you look at guys like Patrick Hornfist, who I know is, again, banged up. I just think they're very similar, and maybe you guys would agree, to, like, that Blues team that won the Cup a couple years ago where – you can get a goal from the fourth line. You can get a goal from the first line. You can move a guy from four to one or one to four. They're very interchangeable. And I think Andrew Burnett would probably be the first to tell you that's really simple and easy to coach when, when, when guys are so versatile. So like, I think in real life and also in fantasy, the versatile uh, versatility is what really 
you know, steps out for me when it comes to the Panthers is that you can just, you know, throw these guys in and out of the lineup really, really simple. But they, they've been a monster in fantasy this season. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And looking specifically at the blue line, how much do you love that Aaron Eckblad oh. mckenzie Weger combo for all that they do? Because it seems like, obviously, just on-ice results are there, but from a fantasy perspective as well, they just seem to be producing every single night. Oh, like even Gustav Forslings, another yep. guy like I, I've picked up uh, now and again for streamer looks the last little while. Like it just seems like anybody on that Panthers roster, including the mascot, is it still Stanley <laughs> C. Panther? Oh, like, and, and Victory Rat. And yeah, Victory we got Rat. Oh. Don't forget Victory. Yeah. So pick them all up and they'll probably <laughs> provide at least one fantasy point for you. Um, but Uyghur's another guy, right? Like, I, you know, I think if people are guilty of it, at least in this country, they don't watch enough Panthers hockey. You guys know this. I watch like every game. I watch most NHL games and the Panthers are a lot of fun to watch. Like if you're going to start somebody on hockey, start them on a Panthers game because like who doesn't love offense? Like I was going through the numbers the other day that in 2022, they're averaging like five and a half goals per game. Like that's that's insane. And I tuned in. I play fantasy for that matter to to get offense, uh, to watch guys score goals. And I think you're never short of that when you're watching the Panthers and everything comes from the back end. Like even even the seam, seamless pickup at last year's deadline, like Brandon Montour, I think has been a fantastic pickup. And then like I'm happy you brought up Mackenzie Weger because they almost dealt him a couple of years ago in the offseason. Uh, I know Toronto was involved in that conversation. It didn't happen. And he's really taken his game to that next level. And it shouldn't be surprising in the slightest that it's all happened here under the watch of Aaron Ekblad, boys, who is uh, an elite, elite defenseman. Great to see him come back from that injury, too. You mentioned a little bit of wheeling and dealing. At this point in the NHL, if you're an opposing GM and Bill Zito calls you up, do you feel like you're getting <laughs> fleeced? Are you a little hesitant at that point? Oh, I think he's reached Steve Eiserman territory, right? It's like, no, you just, no. You know when you can mute mute calls? That's yeah. what you're doing. But you're like, I, I'm not even picking up the call because I know what's going to happen here. It has to be to that point. And, and on that, though, I mean, trade deadline's coming up. Every team in the league, yeah. even like you said, the Panthers top one, two, three, four team in the league. Every team wants to get better at the trade deadline, especially the teams that are going for it. If you put on your GM hat, is there maybe one or two guys out there you're already identifying as, yeah, it'd be pretty cool if this guy ended up with the Panthers. Yeah, you have to be careful, I think, if you're an elite team like the Panthers. Like, I wouldn't want to tinker with chemistry too much. And I know a lot can change uh, between now and March 21st, the deadline, guys. But I wouldn't be in a rush to do much. Um, you know, maybe a depth defenseman. I just think you look at that roster. Like, there's tons of depth. I love the size. I love the bite. Um, I think ultimately they'll stack themselves up and say, hey, how do we match up against Toronto? How do we match up against Boston? How do we match up against the Lightning? And I think check, check and check. I think they're better teams than those guys right now. You know, I don't want to say this because everybody says this. The goaltending is the one thing I look at, um, and that's taking nothing away from Sergei Bobrovsky. I think he's been really, really good this year. The playoffs is a different game. I think as we've seen time and time again, specifically with Tampa, and yeah, they have a unicorn named Andre Vasilevsky. That's the major wild card and wonder for me. I think if I were to look at the Panthers and say, hey, this could be why they don't win is the goaltending. But again, that's a good problem to have because your roster, their roster is so stacked. So to answer your question, and it's not a cop out, I don't know who out there right now, right now I'd go and look and add because I think it would take away from the current roster, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's one of the things Bill Zito's been so good at. I mean, you look at the Bennett yeah. trade, for example, the Montour trade. He was able yeah. to make those acquisitions without giving up anything off the active roster. And when you can do something like that, it can really boost a team. But I'm, I'm with you right now. The Panthers don't have any holes in this lineup. Nick, always like to get the perspective from, uh, from people when they come on. Uh, anything else that you're following across the rest of the league that you see is 
a, a really compelling, just a, a storyline that you're keeping an eye on here at uh, this point in the season as we head into the late stages of January? Well, aside from COVID, like, you know, I think, you know, something that goes clearly with COVID is like the New York Islanders, right? What kind of run can this team go on to potentially get back in the conversation? Like, there's a lot of belief on Long Island. We can do this. Uh, They've been hot as of late. But then you look at the Metro, you look at some of those juggernaut teams, Carolina, the Rangers, the Washington Capitals. Pittsburgh's had an unbelievable year for everything they've gone through with injuries and COVID and then you start to wonder where it, where it slots in for the Islanders if they make up these, what, eight, nine games and go on this type of role. So that's one thing I'm looking at. Um, clearly, the Jack Eichel situation, I'm looking forward to seeing his debut with the Vegas Golden Knights guys coming up, probably um, following the All-Star game, All-Star weekend in Vegas, how he slots in. Uh, what that means also, Doug, from a fantasy era, you know, cap implications. Uh, th- does Vegas need to make a move to allow them to get a guy like Jack Eichel off uh, IR? So there's a lot of moving factors. Then you add the deadline, too. Like, I think there will actually be some pretty decent players on the move. The Montreal Canadiens announced a new GM. Uh, is there going to be a complete sell off? Does Carey Price hit the conversation? Like, there's a lot of moving parts. And then, again, full circle, COVID, how much of an impact does that have on all of this? moving forward. And Nick, last one for me, I got to ask, uh, we got you on Zoom right now. We can see behind you a large Mighty Ducks D2 poster. Great poster, but I got to ask, favorite duck, if you had to pick one. Are you Ooh. talking from the movie or from the movie. Anaheim from duck? The movie. Okay. Or Mighty yeah. Ducks of Anaheim if you want to go way back. Oh, it's <laughs> got to be Adam Henrique. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, favorite duck, it's got to be it's got to be Adam Banks um, with a close second to Charlie Conway. Um, I liked all the movies. I used to have a Kenny Wu t-shirt, boys. Like those. Woo, woo, Kenny Wu. Yeah. So those that was the my fa- most favorite gift I ever got um, in, for Christmas in the last decade. We'll say my brother got it for me for my condo. Um, I'm the most diehard Muddy Ducks trilogy fan you will find. I have the box set. I've seen them a billion times. And D2 is my favorite. So that's why I got it. So I'll go with Banksy. Adam Former Banks, he, and he he was a deadline acquisition. Yeah. A lot of loopholes there. It was a big deadline acquisition. A lot so. of loopholes, Jameson. You're right. Yeah. That's the thing. That's, that's, one, that's the one thing they never point out in those movies is it kind of seems like a throwaway that like Gordon Bombay becomes kind of like a smarmy lawyer at the beginning. But like all of his law stuff actually comes back throughout the entire series. Like that's how no, he, you, it, it, it actually is like one of his like greatest weapons in terms of just like that and his hockey knowledge. And I like, yeah, I like in the third one too, when he uses his lawyer skills to keep the kids at the academy as well. See, like he just keeps coming back. Scholarships Try, reinstated. Yes. <laughs> trying to think of a way to incorporate district five into all this. And, <laughs> and I do think Guy Germain is actually maybe the best player on the team outside of Adam Banks. Maybe even would Julie the cat win a Vesna trophy? Cause I think she would. If she had her movie skills, yes, because she was unbeatable in the movies. Like, that was the flawed theory of the entire series and movie. It's like, if you had just put Julie the Cat in, you don't go to a shootout. You don't have to stop Gunner Stall like you win the <laughs> you game 6-1. You, just, bur- you, you were- just breeze through the tournament. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no wolf that the stance in to deal with. Like, you just win every game, and that's it. <laughs> and that's the movie. <laughs> Here on Territory Talk, we specialize in revisionist history of the Mighty Ducks yeah. series. Uh, going back and finding out where things went wrong. Hey, everything played out okay in the end for him. It was uh, a Hollywood <laughs> story that unfolded nick alberga here with us covers the game uh again you can find him sportsnet you can find him uh a number of different platforms but uh, nick tell everybody where they can find you out there where can we find the golden muzzy yeah so currently i'm uh, on twitter as you guys know at the golden muzzy on instagram uh, i'm fantasy hockey analyst for sportsnet.ca and i'm also co-host of the nhl fantasy on ice podcast with the nhl alongside pete jensen so i'm staying busy and i'm trolling it's fun 
<laughs> Nick Alberga here with us. Great to have you on board. Uh, and again, we hope we can have you on again in the future. Thanks very much for your time, your insight. And uh, again, we hope to see you very soon. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Big thanks, Nick Alberga, for joining us here on Territory Talk. Territory Talk, as always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And well, always great to get some thoughts, some insight from somebody outside of the locale, uh, north of the border specifically, a big part of the hockey media. He's long up distance there call. In the, yep, he's up. It was. It was. <laughs> I, I, I sent the tab. But I said you'd pay the tab for that long distance call. Uh, daytime minutes, too. That's going to be really rough on Oof. you. Yeah, you might not even be able to make a call. Territory talk budget month. through the roof. Yeah, your, your phone's going to have to be turned off now <laughs> for the rest of the month. Uh, Jameson Olive, of course, looking at that, the conversation with Nick Alberga, he had great things to say about the Panthers, and uh, it's good to hear that the Panthers, they're getting their credit across the continent that they deserve. Yeah, and I feel like Nick's a great kind of finger on the pulse guy for that. He's kind of, you know, in those markets, knows what's being set up there on the daily drive radios and all that. And uh, obviously, I still think there's always a, a portion, or at least until you climb to the top of the mountain. But even when the, the lightning got to the top of the mountain, back-to-back years, uh, I saw a lot of stories up north weren't, you know, here's why the lightning are so good. They're, you know— what do the Leafs need to do to become the Lightning? They still always have the Canadian angle there. But for the Panthers to get the recognition they're getting, for the individual players to get the recognition they're getting, um, I think this stretch here was, like I said, big for Huberto's heart push as long as he keeps this up. The All-Star game is also going to be big for that. But so many guys on this team are getting so much love now around the league. From Sam Bennett, obviously his you know triumphant homecoming to Calgary. Everyone was really happy for him, and you saw he got a lot of buzz in the buzz in the news for how well he's been doing. Anthony Duclair has been you know great. You know Carter Verhage gets so much love. So many guys here just get so much love, and I think it's so well deserved. But um, and it's nice to hear. It's just nice to hear confirmation on that because we feel it. But we got to go out there and check and hear confirmation. But I want to just quickly dive back into what we kind of ended that interview there. And that's the Muddy Ducks talk. Because I have a question for you. This kind of just has been simmering now in my brain. Was Gordon Bombay a better lawyer than he was a hockey coach? So this may be difficult for you to take. The second one, I think I saw once. I think the third one, I honestly don't even know if I made it through that movie. The first one I thought was, the first one was great. Saw it in the theaters. Went with my folks. We enjoyed it. Had a great time. Watched it repeatedly. The second one, I thought, I don't know about this. Third one. I'm honestly not sure I made it through 20 minutes of that movie. The third one, or sorry, the, the second one is also one of the greatest appearances of a Florida Panthers jersey in cinema because Luis Mendoza does have the one. third one, second one because he's from Miami. One. He's the he's the speedster from Miami. Don't have much also recollection. Plays like the, said, he only, plays he plays Benny the Jet Rodriguez in the same. I only saw that movie once. So I guess I have to just make my case then here to a. To I a was wall. a slap shot man. You're an adult. I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say because so he already it's obviously he was already a big time lawyer at Mr. Duckworth's D- Duckworth's um, you know firm there um, and it was tough to lose him so he's already he was already an esteemed lawyer he was crushing it he, but he was smarmy and that's how the movie kind of you know paints him as you know he's he used to have all this childlike wonder and was a great hockey player but now he's just like a corporate suit and he's terrible. But all that really does help as the movie goes along because he does use his lawyer skills to find like redistricting loopholes to get out of banks. Uh, in the second one, I feel like he does some more stuff for that. I can't remember, but of course, in the second one, he kind of loses his, his soul a little bit. He sells out to, to to the big sports conglomerate, but he gets to hang out with a lot of cool athletes. And and that one, I feel like you'd always appreciate. He he wants to design the like the, the signature loafer for coaches. I feel like. It, I don't remember any of this. To really? Be oh, honest. We have to do a rewatch here one of these days. Then we'll do a territory of talk D2? live rewatch. Yes. And then, like I said, in the third one, he uses his lawyer powers to keep the kids in school. I think his lawyer talents did more to help the team than his actual coaching. 
Because he also didn't coach much, other than the trick play. I guess I never thought about it much, because the first one's the only one that I really remember the full plot of. He just kind of sent the guys out there. He just kind of sent them out there and said, do your thing. I mean, the flying V, I guess, gets a little bit of love for coaching. But yeah, no, I, I love to hear people's thoughts. I do think Gordon Bombay is a better lawyer than he is a hockey coach. Interesting. And I also like how he's always, you know, in the movies, put up as like a, this amazing hockey player, because he... He lit it up in Pee Wee. But he hit the was, post. Was it, was it Mike Madonna who or Yes. It was like, look out for this guy. He was great in Pee Wee. Want a tryout? Like, I can get you a tryout because you were good in Pee Wee. Mike Madonna and Basil McRae <laughs> down at ice level. <laughs> we need hockey players and in Basil McRae works uh, in the Blue Jackets front office, and uh, he's oftentimes up in the press box. We'll have to ask Here him. We'll, 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 we'll get him on the pod to talk about his, talk his about. Cameo. We just want to talk about that like seven-second blurb in the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, Wayne was in Wayne was in D two as well, the great one. They got to they got to meet him when they. Just, I need to have a they, refresher. When they I got don't to remember the Junior Goodwill Games. I don't remember any. We of need this. more hockey players in movies. Gonna, whoever's running that at the league, get Cam Neely was in movies. a movie. Exactly. We need that. We need more of that. We need Seabass. We need Seabass too. <laughs> we need this back. So yes, that that ends my conversation on Gordon Bombay and. Now I'm trying to think of other hockey players who've appeared in uh, in movies. If you have anything else you want to bring to the table out of this discussion, at Doug Plagans, at Jamison Coop. Jamison, we have a lot of people who are big fans of the prediction segment. And uh, we both have slumped a little bit. Yes, but I'm back on the board. But you are back on the board. So last week I predicted Sam Bennett would get a goal yeah, for one point. Yeah, which he did several times. Yes, I should get more, but I'm just taking the one. That's the, that's the risky that's take with the prediction game. That's part of the game. game. Yes. Yeah. If you had so said he's going to score five goals. I'm now we- up to six. And your prediction did not come true, so you're stuck at four. So you're still in striking distance. But I, I predicted Aaron Eckblad would score a goal. He had a bunch of assists. Yes. The team scored a bunch of goals. But that doesn't that doesn't get you the point. So I'm currently leading 6-4. Like we always say, at Doug Plague, it's at Jameson Coop. Let us know your predictions for the week. Let us know what your score is at right now on Twitter. We love to see. But Doug, before we do the predictions, quick recap of the schedule again before next episode. So here's what we have coming up before the next episode. We have a, a four-game sample. We don't usually have a four-game sample, so you could get a little crazy with your predictions this time. Granted, the Panthers are on the road, but they are uh, playing against some teams that can give up goals at, okay. uh, at times. So what we have is the Edmonton Oilers when the Panthers head over to Rogers Place. Not your favorite local neighborhood sports bar. That's an arena in Edmonton, <laughs> Rogers Place. So that's going to be Thursday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, the Panthers. <laughs> it's just funny because they weren't leaving his place and going to his, his place of business. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's that's coming up Thursday at 9. It sounds like a local yeah. establishment. It sounds like some place to be fun yeah, to, go to hang out. Place. They have a bunch of TVs and you could watch the game of your choice. They have all the, all the direct TV packages, yeah. whatever you want to watch. So... Thursday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, Panthers and the Oilers from Rogers Place. And then it's going to be to Rogers Arena, his other place. Place of business, yeah. Friday night at 10 o'clock Rogers Eastern. doing pretty well for himself. Oh, is he ever. He's got a center <laughs> in Canada, too. Hockey doesn't play there, though. So Friday at 10 Eastern, the Panthers will be in Vancouver. Then they'll cross the border. Back into the lower 48. They'll take on the Seattle Kraken Sunday, 9 o'clock Eastern. Then they go back north of the border back to the central time zone to take on the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern. So four games against Western Conference teams. Panthers looking to rebound from the loss in Calgary on Tuesday night. Jameson Olive, what do you see happening? What's a bold prediction you have for this Well, I'm up two stretch? points now, so I'm going to get a little bit bolder. get a little wild, yeah. I think the Panthers are still very upset about that loss to the Kraken here on home ice, one of only three losses they've had here at FLA Live Arena. And for that reason, I think they're going to score 
at least four goals against Seattle. But with how much they've been scoring, how much is that worth? I'd say that is that a two pointer. I'll get two. Yeah, two. Yeah, that's a two pointer. Four goals is still hard. But like we said, that nine game point streak, the Panthers scored at least four every time. Yeah, but so I think two's two's fair. Two's fair. Road game. Road game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, two points. Road game. So yeah, we'll give you a, we'll give you a two pointer uh, for that. Uh, I am going to say you just need points that Aaron Eckblad is going to score a power play goal. <laughs> two points. Just keep going back to the well. I am going to keep. I'm going to keep predicting that until it happens, until I get some points. It's a safe one to ride. Just let it oh, go. Yeah, no, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's going just, to happen. Is it going to happen this week? I think so, in four games. He's going to have so. three even strength goals. You'll see. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Power play goal, Aaron Eckblad. Okay. Come on, number five. We'll take it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. There, like I said, uh, share your predictions at Doug Plagans, at James Goop on Twitter. We love to see. Right now, I'm leading 6-4. I know some of our fans out there have a good amount of points right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we need some updates out there. Yeah, let us know what uh, how things are going for you on the predictions uh, at Doug Plagans, at Jameson Coop. That's all the time we have uh, here on this episode of Territory Talk. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Big thanks, Nick Alberga, for stopping by the show. Big thanks to all of you for coming out and supporting this team because the atmosphere in the arena has been outstanding and the Panthers will be back home on the 27th and 29th against Vegas and San Jose respectively. So FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com. Be sure to get your tickets there. Be a part of the action out here at FLA Live Arena. But you can expect new episodes of Territory Talk each and every week, 99.9% of the time on Wednesdays, wherever you find your favorite podcast, FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk. Of course, a good place to start. And we invite you back each and every week. Thanks very much for making Territory Talk a part of your week. Thanks again to Nick Alberga for stopping by the show. For Doug Plagans. For Doug Plagans. I'm Doug Plagans. (laughs) (laughs) For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. We'll talk to you next week. That's staying in. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.